filled with the Holy Spirit to see your energy and joy at worshiping Jesus. So, it's awesome, awesome. So, uh, tonight we are talking about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. We're continuing this series called The Maze. Look at that maze. That is awesome. It looks like Maze Runner. It's awesome. So I think you guys have talked about understanding God's will for your life and about how to read the Bible. So tonight we're going to talk about how to pray, how to pray. And prayer is so important for our lives. There's a verse, that can you, I don't know if you can pull up that verse. It's Ephesians 6.18. I, I sent the update kind of late. But uh, in Ephesians 6.18, it says, hold on one second. I will read it from my notes here. Paul says this, he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Oh, no, don't read the blank screen. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's in the spirit. There it is. Yes, awesome. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. So all times and every occasion, that's a lot. Okay, that's praying all the time. In another place it says pray without ceasing. So clearly prayer is super important for the Christian life. Actually, you couldn't have a relationship with God if you didn't pray, right? Like, could you have a relationship with a friend if you never talked to them or never communicated with them or sent a message to them? No, right? Prayer is just talking with God. It's so important. But if we're honest, and if I'm honest, prayer can be challenging at times. Who's ever felt like, I don't know how to pray, or it's hard to pray, I don't know what to pray, right? I feel that at times. What, how do I pray? And we, wanna, we want to step into all that God has for us in prayer. So, um, one, a couple of challenges you might face. When I was growing up, I was super legalistic about prayer. So I, I thought prayer is when you fold your hands and when you close your eyes. Like, this is praying. Open your eyes, you're not praying. You close your eyes, you're praying now, right? I'm connected to God. My hands are connected but disconnected now, right? You better say, dear Lord, and in Jesus' name, amen, or else it doesn't count, right? I don't know if you guys have ever thought that. But it's silly, but we can turn prayer into a formula, and when it's a relationship, prayer is just talking with God. Prayer is also challenging because we're super busy. I don't know if you guys have phones. Does anyone have phones in this room? No one has phones in this room. I didn't have a phone until I was 16 years old. So, uh, <laughs> But we're constantly on the Internet, listening to music, doing an activity, video games, something like that. We're filling our life with activity. So to stop and just talk to God is kind of countercultural. It's kind of different. It's not what everyone else is doing. But let me tell you something. You need it. You need to spend some time stopping and doing nothing but talking to God, telling him what's going on in your heart, just being with him. But the real reason the prayer is challenging for us, and this is every problem we face in our whole life, the heart of the reason is sin. See, we have, sin isn't just disobeying God. That is, sin is disobeying God, but it's more than that. Sin is like a sickness in our hearts. It's like a disease. It's in our very nature. And what Paul tells us in Romans is that what that looks like is sin makes us naturally God avoiders. Like our, our default, the most natural thing to do is to not think about God, to not pray, to not bring him in your life at all, to just go about your life and never think about God or never pray. That's the default and so to pray takes intentionality. It takes the decision to be like, I need God in my life. I want, I want him to come into my life. And so some of you have habits where you wake up and you pray in the morning. You go to bed and you pray at night. And that is a battle victory won. Every time you pray, you are winning a battle with the sin in your heart to say, no, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to come to God and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask him to come into my life. 
Because the truth about prayer that I want you guys all to hear, if you take nothing else away from all I say tonight, the truth about prayer is it's simple. It's the real you meeting the real God. Prayer is the real you meeting the real God. Not a fake version of yourself or a pretend version of yourself or a show version of yourself, but the real you behind all the layers, who you really are, meeting the real God. Not maybe who we think he is, like, or who we make him out to be, but who he says he is in his word. And we need to be reminded of that constantly because we can tend to think that God is something different than he tells us he is in his word. He wants us to believe him at his word. Prayer is the real you meeting the real God. And you know what's awesome about this maze we're talking about, navigating the Christian life? How do we do it? Is prayer, I, I feel like I got the best message in this series. Prayer is the secret to the maze, let me tell you. Prayer is the answer to the maze. Because listen, has, who's ever done a maze? Have you ever done a, like a real corn maze or a hay bale maze? Yeah, you, wow. Okay, actually, I, I wasn't expecting that many hands. I actually haven't done one before, so. <laughs> but I have seen them. <laughs> and I have seen that, at some, I've observed that at some of these, there's a big tower that you can go up and, and survey the whole maze. Have you seen that before? Uh, I've been to some where they have a big tower you can go up, and you can shout out, or try to, if they can hear you, shout out to your friend, turn around, go left. You're trying to direct them which way to go, but you can help them get out of that maze. Uh, yeah, anyways. So God is like the guy in the tower, okay? God sees the whole maze. He knows where we need to go. We're down there, and this is the secret. If you're stressed out about navigating the Christian life, what are the, the decisions you have to make? Some of you are growing up, you're, you're deciding what you're going to do for college. It feels like the weight of the world. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? You're navigating all of this, and you're like, God, what do I do? If you pray, you're inviting God who sees everything and knows everything into your life. You just live day by day, bringing him into it. It's the answer to the maze. He has the solution. The problem is, is there's other people in the maze who are lost, and they're shouting out at you as well. And they're saying, no, turn left. No, turn right. They don't know where they are, and they don't know where you are. It's like, don't listen to those other voices. Listen to God. Connect with him and pray. Because let me tell you something. The truth is that if you will pray, if you will just step into a life of praying and inviting God into your life, it will fundamentally change the course of your life. Your life will look completely different because your life will be full of God. And you know what? If you don't pray... You'll continue to the default, and your life will be Godless. It won't have God in it because you won't be inviting him in your life, right? We need the Lord. We need God in our life. We need him in our every day. In fact, we need him moment by moment. Paul said, pray at all times and on every occasion. I feel like those are the same thing he said twice. <laughs> at all times, every occasion. That's a lot. So here's what I want to do tonight. We're going to read a passage where Jesus teaches us how to pray. And we're going to dive into what that means for uh, about the real us meeting the real God. And then I want to give you a simple grid for how to pray. This is not meant to be legalistic, but it's something that can help you be like, what do I do when I pray? What should I say? It'll help you step into prayer with God. So does that sound good? All right. Awesome. Let's read this passage. So this is in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 5. And so you guys can read it on the screen or you can pull up your awesome iPhones or analog Bibles, if any of you guys have the old school kind. So let's read this passage. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the, resort, all the reward they will ever get. 
But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers will be answered merely by repeating their words again and again. I want to pause here. What he's saying is these Gentiles, they believe that if they say the same phrase over and over and over and over again, that that will somehow impress God or win him over to do the thing they're asking for. And Jesus is saying, don't be like them. Your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Is that amazing? Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for teaching us how to pray. And I pray that you would open our hearts to the real us, who we are, and the real you. And you'd help us to step into a life filled with prayer. Amen. All right, so what does this passage have to say about the real you and the real God? First, the real you and the real me is behind our show. It's behind our show. Jesus talks about these extra super spiritual people, the Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. They're praying very loudly on the street corners and in the synagogues. And they are putting on a show for people, right? They're not trying to meet with God. They want everyone to be impressed with all the words that they're saying. And Jesus is saying, that's all the reward they're going to get. Some people thought they were pretty impressive for a second. That's great. But they didn't get the real reward, which is to know God. And he gives another example. So, so we can put on a show for people. The other example he gives is we can put on a show for God, right? Those, the Gentiles, they pray over and over the same thing over and over again. As if that's going to win God over. But we don't need to put on a show for God. We can't impress God. See, the truth is, is that we, in our, with our sin, we try to make ourselves look pretty shiny and special on the outside. Even to God and before other people. Think about, do you guys remember the story of Adam and Eve? Maybe you remember from Big Kids when I taught you about Adam and Eve and Big Kids? I don't know, maybe. Okay. Adam and Eve, they sinned, they disobeyed God. And what was the first thing they did when they disobeyed God? They made clothes for themselves out of leaves. <laughs> leaves. Have you ever tried to make something out of leaves? Like, we need a chair. Get some leaves. <laughs> Let's put, it's ridiculous. That is totally inadequate, right? And what does God do? He comes on the scene, and he... he he brings the truth and justice. They have to leave the garden. But he also brings his mercy. He kills an animal and gives them clothes made out of skin. Real clothes. What they really needed. The right covering. And actually the whole Bible, that thread is through all of scripture. It's a story of mankind and our shame. Trying to cover it up ourselves totally inadequately. Like the leaves. God saying, I have a covering for you. Come to me. His covering is Jesus' blood. When we come to Jesus, we have a covering over us. So that means when you pray... You don't have to put on a show for God. You can be totally yourself. You don't have to say special words. Sometimes people, you might be intimidated by people praying and saying a whole bunch of special words. You don't have to do that. You can tell God what you're really feeling. You can tell God about your sin, and you never have to be afraid of him rejecting you or turning you away. Why? Because Jesus died for you. He has a covering for you that you need. The real you is behind your show, and the truth is, is that when we pray, we come to the real God who sees you 
and he knows you, right? Jesus says, go into your room, close the door, because your father, he sees you. He sees the real you. And he knows what you need before you even ask. He actually knows you better than you know yourself. You may come to God in prayer, and you don't even know what you need. You're like, God, I'm struggling. I don't even know what I need. But he knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. The real us is behind our show. The real God sees you and knows you. The real you, the real me, is needy, sinful, and weak. Everyone's really encouraged right now. (laughs) Needy, sinful, and weak. You know, the Bible tells us how it really is because it provides us the best solution that we need. Jesus teaches us to pray every day, give us today the food we need. Right? That's not just a prayer of give me food. It's a prayer of everything I need. Every day we have needs both physically and spiritually. And the world is trying to sell wholesale this lie that you can go about your entire day, every need you encounter physically and spiritually without ever coming to God. You don't need God to meet any of those needs. And you can believe that lie. Think about, I don't know if you guys, I already talked about the, um, this thing in my pocket. This rectangle. Has anyone ever seen a rectangle like this before? Right? What's the story of this rectangle that we're being sold is this is all you ever need. You're never going to be bored again. You will ne- Are you lonely? You can connect with everyone literally on the planet, right? But what's the truth? Does this deliver on that promise? No. We find ourselves more bored, even though we have every video game in the world to choose from, and more lonely. The world doesn't deliver on the promises. But we have God who, let me tell you something about God. He owns everything, like the whole world. That's his, okay? So that's cool. And all the spiritual realm as well, like heaven, you know, add that on top. Okay. He owns it all, everything spiritual. So do you think he's able to meet your needs physically and spiritually every day? Yes. He is the one who is doing it. He just isn't getting the credit, right? So when we pray, we invite God in our life, we see you are providing everything I need physically, spiritually, every day. It's an invitation, just like Paul saying, pray at all times. Every time you encounter a need in your day, you can come to God. God, I'm scared. God, I'm lonely. God, I'm hungry. I'm hangry. God, I need you. Help me. When I was in high school, when I was a freshman, I remember I'd come into my first period, and literally the only thought on my mind is, I just can't wait to get to lunch. Like, I'm just so hungry. I don't know. I must have been, like, growing. Like, I mean, clearly I was growing. So <laughs> I, could, I could pray and say, God, help me to focus and learn something today, even though I'm really hungry right now. We're needy, and we're the one who... We have sin. It says, forgive us our sins, which this is a daily prayer. The fact is, is that we sin every day. I don't know if you guys realize that. When I was your age, I remember thinking, like, I can't really remember the last time I ever sinned. Like, I think really hard. Maybe, like, seven months ago, I did something, and it was a sin, right? And I remember praying. I heard a message like this, and I thought, God, well, please show me. Help me know what my sin is. Because Jesus tells us to pray for forgiveness every day. So we're probably, we should be living in a habit of asking God to forgive us from our sins. And God showed me. I mean, he answered that prayer. He showed me, you are selfish. You think about yourself literally every moment of every day. You spend way too much time staring at the mirror. Embarrassing. (laughs) What? God was showing me I need to think about other people. Put myself in their shoes. Really care for them. Not just say I care for them. But actually in my heart, really care for their well-being. He taught me that by recognizing my sin. God, it's, it's his kindness to show us our sins so that we can repent, turn to him, and be changed. And the last thing is we are weak. He says, don't let us yield to temptation. 
You're not strong enough to follow Jesus in our own strength. You need each other. You need each other. You need to worship passionately to know that Jesus is real. But you need the Holy Spirit. You need God in your life to have strength to not yield to temptation. Because the truth is, the real you is all those things, needy, sinful, weak. But the real God is the hero of your story. He provides, he forgives, and he delivers you from the evil one. The last thing we see in this passage, and then we're going to dive into the practical framework I'm going to give you for prayer, is that the real you is God's beloved child. The real you is God's beloved child. Jesus teaches us in this prayer to pray, Our Father. Our Father. When Jesus died on the cross for us, he didn't just forgive our sins, but he actually adopted us into God's family. So that when you pray, you can talk to God as your Father in heaven. He's your dad. Actually, Paul tells us we cry out to God, Abba, Father. Do you know what the word Abba means? It means Daddy. He's like, we can cry out to God, you are my dad in heaven. And the story of the gospel is that Jesus spilled his blood so that we would be restored to our true father in heaven. And you know what? It takes faith to believe that we are God's child. I don't know if you've ever prayed. When you pray, maybe you've never prayed and addressed God as your father. Dad, my father, I'm your child. It takes faith to believe that. And God knows we need help. Paul tells us in Romans that he gives us the Holy Spirit. If you trust in Jesus Christ in this room, every person who trusts in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job, one of his main jobs is to speak to you every day that you are God's child. God says the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He's telling you every day you're a child because you need to be reminded of that truth. And this is the good news. When we pray... We, we can recognize that we are a new creation in Christ, and we are his child. So, prayer is simply the real you meeting the real God. The real you, not a fake version, with all our needs, all our weakness, all our sin. Meeting the real God, who is the hero of our story. So, what I want to do is I want to walk through, just quickly, a, a practical model of prayer that I think will be helpful. So in this passage, Jesus teaches us to pray. And it's not to say, pray these words every single time you pray. Like, that is not what Jesus is saying. He's, he's giving us a model of the kinds of things we should pray for. So if you've never prayed before, you can follow this simple pattern. There's three things. Four things. Sorry. Four things. <laughs> the first one is enter God's presence through relationship. Right? He prays, our Father. You can come to God as your Father, your Dad. You can come to Jesus, my Savior, Enter God's presence through relationship. The second thing is praise him. Tell him all the awesome things. You're amazing, God. You made this day. You made me. You gave me this house. Whatever comes to mind, praise him and submit to him. Your will be done, not mine. And then third, tell him what you need. Don't beat around the bush. Don't be like, yeah, God, I kind of think maybe. Just tell him what you need. Ask. Be audacious. Don't be afraid. He's not good. He's, he might say no. But he's not going to be mad at you for asking ever. And then trust what he can do. He's the one who delivers us from the evil one. So those four things. Enter his presence. Praise him. Tell him what you need. Trust what he can do. So what, what I want to do now is I want to respond to God. Are we, are we going to do a final a song? or Okay, awesome. So why don't you guys stand up on your feet. Let's do this. We're going to make a space to respond. The band can come up. And... W- This is an opportunity now. So I talked about a lot of things with prayer. 
We talked about the real you meeting the real God, some practical steps. But right now in this worship song, as we sing, you can talk to God right where you're at, in your seat. And so what I want to encourage you to do is come to him. Maybe you haven't ever prayed to God as your father. And he's inviting you to recognize the truth that he has made you his son. And maybe you have sin in your heart that you need to repent of. Like there's something God's showing you that, God, I have, this is not okay. Please forgive me. Help me to turn towards you. We can pray to God anytime, anywhere. That's what Jesus has bought for us when he died for us on the cross. And if we step into a life filled with prayer, God is with us. He will guide us through the maze, through the decisions day by day, so that we can navigate this life of following Jesus. So let's go for it. Let's worship him in this song.